0: It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Vinny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. And here we are, man, another week. Another episode. We just rolling right on through this year. Look, January's over, TB. We're in the second month of the year already. It's uh, February.
1: It's Severe Wheeler CJ Frederick Day. It's 2 1, baby.
0: That's right. And this is what happened. We talked last week about, you know, you just, this ain't fantasy basketball. You can't just throw Severe, kick him to the curb, and bench him. Case Wallace might get cramps. Case and Wallace might have back spasms. Kaysom Wallace might just be in a slump himself. Anything could happen to where you need Severe. And last night happened, and they needed Severe. Kaysom had knee contusion, and, and, you know, you went right back to Severe. And it was a mad game for me, but he came in, got nine assists, and one turnover, and you needed that from him to pull away from Ole Miss on a Tuesday with an ice storm, a 9 o'clock tip. And
1: all the things that went on in the last night's game. These are these are the games though, these these Tuesday night SEC games. <laughs> uh, when you talk about a team going undefeated, these are the challenges, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Getting up for Kansas, and I know we lost, but getting up for the big games, that's not a thing. You know, the Saturday games, maybe game days there, something like that. It's going to Oxford, Mississippi in the middle of the week that that to me that's a that's a, a tough game to get out of so when you look at the really good teams going back to you know that 96 team that's what impressed me the most is they brought it every single night you know 2015 brought it every single night i know those are high bar uh but that's the difference we've seen uh especially on the road, We've seen some great Kentucky teams go on the road. They talked about it last night. 97, uh, losing to uh, Ole Miss, or was it 98? I can't remember now, but but losing to Ole Miss. I think it was 97. Uh, that happens, right? It's staying focused for those tough road games. And last night, I mean, we can start with that. Yeah, we knew. I say we. People that understand basketball knew. You can't just discard Wheeler, right? I know what the numbers say. I know I get that. You know the the efficiency and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but Wheeler is who he is, mm-hmm. and with Wallace being out, and then when Wheeler turned his ankle, Ole Miss went on like a ten to one run, mm-hmm. and a game that shouldn't have been close was tied at the half. Yeah. <laughs> And it's easy to say, and I saw a lot of this, we should be able to beat Ole Miss no matter what. I mean, okay, but you need a point guard. Right. Take it from me, someone who watched his NFL team go through, count them four quarterbacks, you can have all the dudes, but if you don't have your point guard, your team leader, things don't pop. I mean, that's just how it goes. We'll talk
0: about that. Dang, but, dang Bradshaw referenced it last night when Severe got hurt, and he said I mean, Christian McCaffrey might have to come in here and run point Fucking tight.
1: time. Hey, you know, uh, that hurt my heart, but yeah, know, it was a Madness fed, but we'll talk about that. I, I'm not even mad about it. Disappointed, but not mad. But anyway, last night we saw Wheeler at his best. And it's so weird that people are still locked into he's not very good. You can say Severe had a great game full stop. Cuz I saw people saying hey, Severe played well, nine assists, the one turnover was that was it like, you know, 45 seconds left, right? Yeah. Yes, he took some crazy shots. That's what he does. You know, those floaters, the off the okay. That's part of doing business. You know what you're going to get, right? But he ran the offense. The spacing was terrible when he was out. It was better when he was in. He was able to get the ball to Oscar and get the ball to Reeves in easy-to-score positions. Yes. They pointed out last night he had a couple of those hockey assists, the pass before the pass. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between a good point guard and a great point guard right? It's the pass before the pass. How you set up two or three players that, and that's what he did last night. That's what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, hey, we get this to a 10-point lead. That's a wrap because they ain't got no offense. When I've talked about it all the time, there's a difference between an 8-point lead and a 10-point lead. There's just a difference in that. And once Kentucky got all over the hump, I said, okay, we got it. Finished And sometimes a win is just a win. Classic
0: last night. You know, uh,
1: I've said it all the time. I'm going to keep saying it. We always like to think that every Kentucky basketball season has 30 or, you know, 30 or 35 just epic battles. Most of these games are just meh. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who tweeted out last night. You know, I can't remember a Kentucky Ole Miss game. That was like a great game. I remember Malik Monk and the move, that highlight package. Ooh. I remember Nerlens getting twelve blocks, yeah. with four fouls, yeah. But that was more Nerlens' singular greatness. Save the day, yeah. Than a great game, uh, you know. And I was like, that's interesting because most other SEC teams, I can think of, just great games. Just games where it's like, oh, okay. But Ole Miss is just kind of meh. They gave Kentucky a scare
0: in the 38 and 1 year. That game at well, Moody, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a great game. He played great. Right. And they, they had everybody biting their nails. I remember that. Uh, and I mean, Moody did. Moody was balling. Uh, you got to give yeah. credit. So I don't, maybe. But it's like you said, just a classic, just a, uh, you know, instant classic. Nah, I don't no, know. No, I in the man, Tennessee man. tournament. Not, not ever,
1: <laughs> right? Like, I can't think. Oh, miss! Like, I know Mississippi State, uh, they've had some great ones, you know, the uh, uh, tournament game, the John Wall year where Bledsoe yeah. put it up there, the tip in yeah. 96. They gave us the business in the uh, in the tournament, and yeah. I just know Mississippi State. Don't Oh, what was that coach name? He hated oh, what was that coach's name? You know, what I'm talking Stans about Perry. like Stansbury. Oh, Stans, oh, I just remember him hating Kentucky but, from Kentucky too. Right. He, he just crazy. oh he just <laughs> but uh, look last night sometimes you just have to get a win. And, and
0: I, I, I don't mean I kind of took a little joy. I chuckled when when Kenny Payne got his first win against Rick Stansbury and Western. I was yeah. like
1: <laughs> We're we, gonna we talk about that uh, the he Louisville the answer, going disaster. No matter how
0: it goes for Kenny, they could fire him right now. Rick Stansbury is the answer to that trivia question and always will be. Who did KP get his first dub against? Rick Stansbury and a Western team that should have beat him and went up there and no, it didn't happen. So, right. So but last is- night
1: <laughs> uh Reeves played well. I think he's becoming that go get a bucket guy, and I, I still feel that this team can do something come March. I mean, by something I mean get to the second weekend. That's what I mean when I say something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Get to the get to the Sweet Sixteen. I still think they can do that because we do have the talent to do that. Yeah, uh, Ruse's
0: Reeves Ruse Reeves floaters, man. Those, I mean. His, they're tough, they're high degree of difficulty. He's going a hundred miles an hour too when he pulls it off. It's not like he's yeah. just cruising through the lane. I mean, he's
1: and, and just the accuracy, and, man. And and here's here's my thing too, because you know, everybody keeps going back to the uh uh the death lineup and the I can't remember who it was, the numbers person was like yeah this lineup is one of the most efficient in the country but the the sample size is really really small and so you remember the famed warriors death lineup they didn't play it all the time right you got maybe 15 minutes a game with that lineup and that was enough but you don't play it all the time
0: yep. i mean and,
1: you can't wear it out i mean you know it's it, it won't if be that, as effective that, if you if the right. death not ups on fumes. Because, <laughs> you know, people, oh, Reeves got to play 35 minutes a game. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Them legs are going to go. Like, we yeah. have seen this before. Last year's team with Ty yeah. and Grady and yeah. Wheeler. And we talked about it at length. Like, we was winning. But I'm like, do we really need our backcourt to play 40 minutes each? That's a lot. You don't need that. And so if he can come in. As that change of pace guy, I like it. I like Reeves coming off the bench with Wheeler. Mm-hmm. We saw flashes from Damian Collins last night. Yep, And did. And tip my hat to Damian Collins. Uh, I think it was Tristan. We'll talk to him when he comes on. That's right. We got a guest. You want to set up the guest? Yeah. I alluded to it. Oh, you got got two guests. Uh, got it scrolling on the ticker. Uh, Tristan
0: Ferris. Who, uh, just kind of he's with a sea of blue, and then he's founded his own site called Kentucky Insider. He was on Round of Shots with y'all the other day, and uh, gonna be joining us in about half an hour or so. And then after Tristan, we got Derek Akal, another Harlan Countyan. TB knows I've interviewed many, many Harlan Countyans. Derek started Lynch, went to Cumberland but now coaches the Harlan Green Dragons, uh, the city school, the Black Bears consolidated. It was Cumberland, Everson, K. Wood. I went to Cumberland. So Cumberland now, those kids go to Harlan County. But Derek coaches Harlan City School. Uh, Harlan was always the big rival of Cumberland when I was in school, so it's still a little weird for me to see Derek coaching Harlan. Uh, Harlan's coach, we had him on last year. Mike Jones coached Harlan, played at Harlan City, he coached Harlan County. That was weird for me to see that because I hated him as a player. He was a couple years older than me and was always rooting against Harlan. And He was their point guard, and he was coaching the Black Bears. So it's just a little weird crossover. I'll probably mention that when Derek comes on, but they've got a really good team. Harlan City and Harlan County play twice in the next five days. They play tomorrow night at Harlan and then next Tuesday at Harlan County. So i uh, going to get Derek on to talk about that uh talk about his team and the year they're having and a little little high school basketball from All right. back in the homeschool neck of the woods so yeah got those two guests coming up here in a few minutes and we're on youtube and roku part of the bs3 network i forgot to mention that as well but ben Sutterth man we you know he reached out to us and uh, accepted us in the big network he has uh, a lot of other podcasts sports travel
1: Education,
0: you name it, lifestyle, religion,
1: whatever you're looking for. Yes, they got a corner, a cornucopia. There it is, of information. There it is. Yes, a plethora. Yes, those whatever you are looking for (laughs) is that it is relationships, movies, movies. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. So not maybe. not you with the movies. No, never.
0: Never that. Not
1: not old man Vinny. The man in the iron suit. What is what is his Lead man, what is his name now? <laughs> the, the man with the hammer. He got yeah. the he...
0: <laughs> man, you and you and Sierra was clowning me and deservedly so, boy. I deserve it. <laughs> We're
1: gonna, we gonna get you.
0: <laughs> hey, well, Colin come uh, comes out today, tomorrow, stream and I I know it's in theaters, but it's streaming. What I think it's streaming for those that what what does? I think the Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is.
1: It's on Disney Plus. Streaming. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, I'll i probably watch it. We got we broke down. And got Disney Plus. Yeah. Not that I'm a Disney fan, but I like Marvel, and they got the Simpsons on it too. The Sim oh, the Simpsons. all, all yeah, oh yeah oh yeah, but you know, way back the first, probably through season eight, that's where I kind of. Because that's when everybody left. It's like when you're, you know, championship team and you win and everybody kind of go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And you have dudes that end up like Alvin Harper that you look good as a number two, don't look so good. But anyway, anyway, but uh, but back to Damian Collins last night. We're going to talk to Tristan about this. Cal said yeah. he had lost 16 pounds and had been going through it. And I saw people like, oh, what? Is, like, hey, hey, as someone who lost his father, I don't know how y'all feel about y'all's dad, but that's a big one, uh, and I can't imagine doing it at college. No, and I, I remember saying, "Look,
0: any you, you don't need to, he don't need to receive any criticism." And we, of course, we knew he would. Oh yeah, but any yeah. anything that he contributed was gravy in my book because if he if he shut it down for the year I wouldn't I wouldn't have said a word you know but
1: and you you know and you're away from home so I mm-hmm. look I tip my hat because I know what I was doing at 40 38 mm-hmm. 40 I, I can't remember everything runs together but anyway glad to see flashes of that um, you know I still think this team has pieces I know the defense that pick and roll defense it's gotta it's gotta be better Cause going back to Kansas, that it's got to be better. Do, do but something. do I mean commit? The drop
0: covers commit not it, working. Commit trap it. I mean, get a flagrant on the point guard. You know, Bill Lane beer him when he comes. Whatever it takes, right?
1: <laughs> so, but I still think that's fixable. That stuff you can still tweak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I still think there's time uh, to do that. You know, with the Kansas game going back a game. Uh, obviously disappointed. But yeah. if Kansas is number five or six, whatever they are, after a three-game losing streak, I don't see how you stay in the top ten. But whatever. Mm. Uh, but if Kansas is who they say they are, I still feel good a- about this team. They played well. It was uh, it was like
0: slippage to me. Like like Matt Pratt used to say, they they slipped a little bit in the pick and roll, missed seven eight free throws. We hadn't seen that in a few games. And that was kind of the game. You know, Grady, Dick, and them boys hit some clutch threes. You, know, that, you wish you could have won it. You, you know, you had the electric rup. You had the atmosphere. You had the three-game winning streak. But we we never said they had completely turned the corner. They, right. they were in the process of turning it, and, and sometimes you slip back a little bit, and that's what happened. But, look, be- before this winning streak, we, w- we didn't even know where the corner was. So I'm happy to be
1: in the process of turning this corner. You know After the, after the South Carolina game, I was like Kansas going to come down and is cuz they go, them boys are going to be and you can't put a quantified – like don't forget last year we ran Kansas out of Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. So they were coming on a three-game losing streak, never lost four on themselves. Right. A lot of them dudes remember what we did last year. Mhm. And so they had a lot going on. And I tweeted it the second they lost to was it Baylor.
0: Was Baylor their third loss in a row? Yeah, TCU, Kansas State, Baylor. The second they lost that one, it said Kansas is limping to Lexington the way Kentucky was hobbling down to Knoxville. And as you like to say, yay verily, it, it came, came to pass. They won in
1: Lexington. So, it's, you know. So <laughs> – You know, what I hope happens is this team kind of figures it out and guts out and gets to the second weekend. Yeah. I I think that getting to the Sweet 16, okay, that's good. I I will take two NCAA tournament wins. Yeah. That's me. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because from where this team was in November and December, I'll take that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Because you, you've seen the narrative now. I know you've seen it. If they don't win the first round game this year, this will be the first graduating class at UK that's never had a tournament win in their four years.
1: That's that's already floating around. And I don't want that to happen exactly. for these. Because we've had good kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, 9 and 13, inexcusable. But the asterisk, the big asterisk, is COVID. Yes. And even if you don't think that the Maxi quickly, uh, junior Nick Richards team was mm-hmm. going to win a champ, they was going to win a game, a game for sure. So, I, you know, you say that and it's like it's true, but there's more to it than that, mm-hmm. right? So, but I get it, I don't want these guys to hang have that over them. Uh, more importantly, I don't want it to hang for Oscar, yeah. Because I don't want his legacy to be all that and then win a tournament game. Because that's inherently unfair. Mm -hmm. So, I think they get it turned around. uh, Sweet 16 or better this season. Uh, And then you look toward, you know, next year. Um, But last night I was encouraged. Because sometimes things, you know, poop happens. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do? And they played well um like I don't know what we need to do with CJ here's this is this is my gripe and I and I hate because he's a good kid I I believe but why is CJ getting a pass that severe doesn't get when severe commits a, a turnover he's unplayable CJ ain't hit a three in like three or four games mm-hmm. and it's just what are we doing? Well, he's just got to keep shooting. Well, why does he get to keep shooting when everybody else that makes a mistake got to sit? Mm-hmm. And Severe did
0: what he did last year. He had that goodwill. Well, look, I mean, everybody lost St. Like Peter's, but Severe, what he lit up South Carolina. He's had you know, CJ was hurt, and that's you can't control that. Poop happens, you like to say. Or when you don't run the shots, you like to get blue and say what you know, whatever.
1: Was, <laughs> I get a a. Hey, hey, let me uh, tell you something. Know, uh, we have work with Junior here. Everybody, look, people, everybody knows. Let Let me tell you something about about the round of shots, though. <laughs> the The round of shots, yes, that's a Sunday afternoon. Yes, I have some adult beverages to assist with that, but uh, <laughs> I try to keep it corporate. <laughs> I try to keep it corporate here. Please, he, oh, wait. you should do that at Cats Talk. No, no, this is this is corporate territory, and you get.
0: <laughs> oh, you get it, I, I always
1: tell Kevin he can pull the plug because you know, you I gave him a heads up this past week. He said, Are y'all getting ready? Send a text. And I sent him a picture of my four roses bourbon. I'm like, Hey, my team just lost. I'm into it now.
0: And four roses, you like to sponsor the podcast, or anybody that's interested in <laughs> advertising <laughs> yeah. on the podcast, we'd be happy to promote your product here each and every week. In audio and video format, we will promote your product. So Four roses, holla at your boy, TB.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um... but I mean, so C- I mean,
0: Tri- uh, Severe did what he did last year, and of course, like I said, had a good season. He transferred in, led the league in assists on that garbage Georgia team, came to Kentucky. Fit right in, didn't miss a beat. And you'd think that would mean something. CJ, no fault of his own, didn't contribute anything due to injury because the hamstring was off the bone, and that sounds gruesome, and nobody wants to go through that. But he's – you're right, though. He he is kind of getting a pass. It's not like he was out there lighting it up last year he didn't give anything last year because he wasn't able to severe gave, but it doesn't seem to carry over. And right. And and I get it. It's a, it's a, what have you done for me lately? But yeah, some bad turnovers at the wrong time, miss some free throws at the wrong time, miss some shots. That can happen to anybody. And he gets the ball. Sometimes he's got to try to create that puts him in a bad spot that look. And that's going to happen too. There was people still complaining about that a little bit. That's, that's gonna happen, no, I mean, it just like you said. Part doing business with the the floaters, and sometimes take some bad shots. Sometimes he's gonna have the ball with six left on the clock.
1: It just look. And, and 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 I think, and we're gonna talk coaching. If you know what your players are gonna do, you can build around it. It's the up and down that you don't know. That's what causes the problem. Mm-hmm. If but if you know. How he's um how any player's gonna play, you can build around that. Yeah, and so that's part of it. But last night, good win. I still think this team, there's still opportunities to win. There's still yep. opportunities within the conference to get there. Mm-hmm. And I know Cal is not a fan of the SEC tournament, there's still there's still an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna keep riding with him. Uh got no choice uh but as i've often said as we move and i know we're going to talk to tristan about this a little bit more yeah um lost lost my point lost my point but i'm gonna pull up
0: the tweet while you get your thought back friend of the show uh perspective that we don't have perspective that many don't have but a point guard who won a chip you talked about the nineteen sixteen minute ago. Friend of this show, Anthony Epps came on here, tweeted out early this morning. Severe will a great job last night. Nine assists, one turnover. Way to be ready when called upon and lead the cast to victory. From one point guard to the next, job well done. And a must-win situation on the road. And like you said, they they got some opportunities. But last night, you you had to have it after you know the South Carolina loss, as as debilitating as that was. Last night would have been just as bad if you let Ole Miss jump up and bite you, because you just don't have a lot of margin for error. You got to win these med games, and then get yourself in position for these games that are better for your quad
1: one and quad two and and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. You win these games that you have to win.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that's the that's the uh, that's the important thing. Again, I keep saying. We keep pretending that we get 30 great marquee matchup games every year, and that's not the case. Most of the wins are, especially on the road, let's just win and get out of here. Mm -hmm. Things are going down. Things are falling, you know, by the wayside. Let's just win and and get out of here. But before we bring our guests on, I know – the Cowboys fan in you wants to rejoice in the 49ers losing. I don't know if you want to rejoice because that means the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. So I don't know <laughs> how you feel about that. They got that, that might they 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 could end up getting two. <sighs> but uh basically, I don't know if I tweeted it, but I said it before I got to the four roses. Um you can plan to go to your backup. Like who was the backup when Dak was hurt? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Like you can Cooper Rush four or five games early in the season. Yeah. You know, teams plan for that. But few teams plan for the third guy. Mm -hmm. And we lucked, we struck gold with the third guy. I don't know what else Brock Purdy is going to do in the NFL. He's injured. And uh, you know it's going to be a long. He might have Tommy John surgery. Like, whoo. I mean that's that's a bad bad injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he doesn't do anything else, he's always got this run. Yep. Like he could, you know, <laughs> he can open up a car lot in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, but the third, because you look at you know what happened with the Dolphins, that Skyler Thompson, yeah. that sound completely made up. Mm -hmm. you know, when you lose Tua and Bridgewater. Tyler Thompson's little brother. right? (laughs) So, all right, you go to your third, he gets hurt, you go to the fourth, Josh Johnson, like Beaumont Jones, like, that dude was still, like, I honestly, because we're watching it, and the wife is like, who is that? I'm like, that can't be the same Josh Johnson from, like, forever ago. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And I'm like, well, you know, we don't ask a whole lot of our quarterbacks. Can he do a little something? And then we had the touchdown drive with McCaffrey. And Johnson looked okay. Mm -hmm. 7-7. All right, maybe. 14-7. Okay. Take it 14-7 into the half. Not bad. Fumble. Fumble. Johnson gets concussed. 21-7 <laughs> Eagles. Mm-hmm. This isn't great. And like we said before we started, I knew it wasn't great when they were trying to put uh radio in Christian McCaffrey's helmet because I had to explain to the wife, you know, about the quarterback. I'm like, oh, this isn't great at all. Mm-mm. Like, not that they end up doing it, but for people to have, oh, to figure out the logistics of that. Not great at all. So uh, congrats to the Eagles. I'm just to the point now. I'm like, this window's been open for a while.
2: You know, mm-hmm.
1: three three championship games in four seasons with only one Super Bowl appearance. How much longer is the window gonna stay open? Because I looked at the 49 free agents, obviously like to keep everybody, you're not gonna be keep everybody, but There's going to be enough there to keep this going. But you know how dismissive I've been of the rest of the NFC. Uh, I don't know how next year is going to look. Because whoever the quarterback is, it probably won't be Purdy. It's going to be Trey Lance, but he's still essentially a rookie. Mm -hmm. Is he more talented than Purdy? Probably. Hopefully. (laughs) But he's still a rookie. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. With all the weapons we have on offense and defense, we need a quarterback. And we've been out without a solid quarterback since Kaepernick took him to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know. As a 49er, like I tell myself I'm happy because, you know, six championship games in 12 years is pretty good. But you still want to get one Super Bowl out of all that? Yeah, that's the frustrating thing. Where I am
0: is—is uh, is Lamar still going to leave Baltimore?
1: Somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody said. Uh, I did see that tweet. Maybe San Francisco, buddy. If we can do it without losing a whole bunch of people. A backfield with Lamar CMC with Debo. Sign me to bleep up. I'm gonna save my bad words for a round of shots, but <laughs> sign me up for that. Man, pay him the money, pay him the money, be all in. I don't I don't know if they can pull it off, but yeah, if they can, absolutely. Uh the other the other uh uh championship game. Bengals fans. <laughs> the NFL is not rigged against you. <laughs> I know what, uh oh, Arian, was it Arian Foster? Who was it? You saw that video that said the NFL's rigged. Okay, whatever, whatever. There's bad calls all over the place. That pass to Devontae Smith
2: yeah. should have been incomplete, right? Yeah. But
1: whatever. Bad calls happen. I think but ain't no, they just don't want Cincinnati. Well, y'all's doing a pretty good ju- job yourselves by not being competitive for 30 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why, why would, so if the NFL was controlling everything, why'd they let the Bengals go to the Super Bowl last year? You know, nope. sometimes poop just happens. Mm-hmm. Bad calls are made. And Patrick Mahomes is that dude. And
0: can we – can we say – for those who want to, you know, prop up Joe Burrow and say Joe Burrow's good, you say he's good without pulling down Patrick Mahomes. Can we – can we have – can we (laughs) – can we please?
1: Patrick Mahomes,
0: the dude is different. Like, we got to stop this. Who was it? Who – uh, did you see the clip with Mike Jones for his, his game theory, uh, Well when, when it comes to uh, quarterback, Mahomes is the most talented quarterback. But when it comes to doing quarterback stuff, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. We don't have to
1: do this. What we, we, we don't we don't have to do this. We don't we, we we don't have to do this. We can say Joe Burrow is cold. He's cold. Yeah. Without a doubt, he's cold. Mm-hmm. And. He's done things in places that didn't do a lot of stuff before him. At LSU, yeah. the offense was bad. And the they, team, you know the team wasn't very good before he got there. They had one of the best seasons ever.
0: They've been needing a quarterback forever at LSU. That was always they you know Zach Mettenberger <laughs> and Mac, Max Flynn and this Matt right. Monk and all these dudes. But so yeah, nobody is dismissing Joe Burrow. But don't you ain't got to do a lot. Don't chisel on Pat Mahomes and and chink his armor as you try
1: to give props to Joe Burrow. Mahomes is probably going to have his second MVP, his second All Pro in five seasons. Like, and Bomani pointed this out. Like, look at the All Pro list. That's a tough li- nut to crack. That's a tough list. Because you look at Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have like four or five All-Pros. Mm-hmm. He's got two, and he's just getting started.
0: He's 27. Then there was the people that were saying, well, the only reason he got that one Super Bowl, he, 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 the only Super Bowl he won, he beat Jimmy G to do it. That's not his fault. That's the NFC's fault. It oh, ain't man. his fault who he beat to get there. And I swear if they were right against Tampa, that's – Andy Reid plays a role in that loss to Tampa because you had no line and you had his son acting a fool. I think they give Tampa a better game, but they had a whole lot of distractions going into that. Maybe maybe Tampa still beats them. I don't know. But when your son hits somebody and kills somebody the week of and your offensive linemen are hurt, you know, Mahomes, is he's got both hands tied behind his back before the game even starts. But don't give me this Well, the only reason he won the title he won is he beat Jimmy G. Don't, you can miss me with that.
1: Listen, 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 listen. listen. It's loser talk. It's loser talk. (laughs) The question, look, when you go look back, when you go to Wikipedia, wherever you go, and you look at champions, right? Who won the NBA championship? Who won the World Series? Who won the Super Bowl? There's no small print. It doesn't matter. A lot of folks try to get me, oh, the Lakers won the bubble title. It don't say bubble title in the record book.
0: Oh. That
1: banner's still flapping like all the 16 others, right? Mm-hmm. With your rockets. Does it say Michael Jordan won the play in then? No. It says mm-hmm. world champions.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if your team loses or you want to knock down the winners, oh yeah, you can come up with all kinds of things. You know, when the bad boys finally beat the Lakers in 89, I can give you a list of all the injuries the Lakers had. But at the end of the day, does it matter? It does not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's, it, it, it doesn't. And to say, well, they only beat the, – because, as you said, you only beat who you have to play. Yeah.
0: That's the NFC and, fault for letting Jimmy G – it's it, the Cowboys fault and whoever else y'all beat in on the way – The Packers, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jimmy G
1: only had eight passes. Like, (laughs) but and and so that that's the thing, too, is when we start talking about well, who'd they have to beat? Well, you only beat who you can play, Mm -hmm. which is why I say about the Kentucky '98 team, that would have a little bit more juice if we had beaten Carolina for the title in '98, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you beat Duke. That's the game everybody remembers. Shot round, yeah. Like that, that's the game. That was the that was a great game. But as I somebody tweeted, I retweeted the '98 Final Four game against Stanford. Nobody talks about it was one a great game. Mm-hmm. Went to overtime, mm-hmm. and that Pete Sauer for uh, uh, Stanford had a ball that was on line that would have won it for him bounced off the rim mm-hmm. at the very overtime. Yeah, a great game. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, we're like Stanford, Utah. <laughs> and trying to convince people that Utah basketball was a thing. Mm-hmm. Stanford basketball was really, really good. Mm-hmm. This is—I told somebody this is how good Stanford basketball was. Tiger Woods was showing up at the games. <laughs> this is peak Tiger Woods. Yeah. Okay. Rockstar out there. Right. It was—it was a thing that Tiger Woods. I want to say like, maybe not Michelle Wee, but like other like Stanford alums was coming because it was a thing. Mm-hmm. so when you look back on even you know who Kentucky is beaten for championships uh are in the final four Stanford Utah that there's no sizzle there but does it still count yes mm-hmm. in 96 UMass and Syracuse not exactly elite of the elite but you know what the banners still look the same as beating Kansas in 2012 and Duke in 78. No. Nope. I mean, it is it it is what it is. So well, you know, going to beat this. Did he win the Super Bowl? He did. Like, did he did he win a Super Bowl? Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, if you win a Super Bowl, that's it. Did you play well? And honestly, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes won, he didn't play well yeah. for three quarters. Mm-hmm. And as we always, it, the being the best, it's not always, you're the best when you have to be. Right. Right. Those moments. What you do when the game is on the line and needs to be won. That's what separates the very good from the great. What did you do with the game on the line? With the season on the line? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you know, you know, I had a, I don't know if you saw this, uh, one of the youth in the uh uh BBN talking about how you know Brandon White wasn't that good. <laughs> and I was like, oh y'all just y'all youth, y'all just box score watching, right? Because against was it Princeton, whatever yep. the Ivy League team was, yep. he shot terribly that game. But game on the line, bucket. He shot terribly against Ohio State. And I believe Mm -hmm. Terrence Jones was SEC freshman of the year that year. Mm -hmm. Fine. That's great. I get you. Brandon Knight was a problem. I don't need any metrics to tell me that dude was a problem. Mm -hmm. That dude was good. We got, I
0: guess... Backstage.
1: Oh, backstage. Yeah,
0: and the, the BS3 Network, Roku Green Rooms, we like to call it. This young fella is the editor for a Sea of Blue, and then he is founded and writes for Kentucky Insider, and he is making his first appearance on here with us. We've seen him on there doing the round of shots thing with you. It's the first time over here with us on Catch Talk Wednesday. Tristan Ferris is here with us, and we are glad to have you, man. Tristan, how are you doing? Hey, guys.
2: I'm doing pretty good. I bet you.
0: Hey, we can't complain, man. We can't complain. Just talking a little cats, uh, talking about TB on Round the Shots, talking cats, uh, <laughs> and a little NFL, and just talking about all that kind of stuff, man, and, and glad you were able to hop on here with us, and appreciate you reaching out, and glad to get you on here, man.
2: I appreciate being part of it
0: tonight. Yeah, we hit a little bit of Old Miss TV. We were talking about that. And, uh, well, you was going to ask Tristan something about Was it severe? We were talking about?
1: We well, he, t- no, Tristan had uh a, 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 from Cal's pe- press conference today. Oh, is that right? right? Yeah. Oh, it was and from last night. Last night, just talking about, you know, uh, Damian Collins. Yeah. And he kind of threw in there he lost 16 pounds. Like, you know, and I think. And I just want to talk to you about, like, you know, we know what the numbers say as far as efficiencies and all this kind of stuff. But we have to keep in mind, one, these are kids. And two, they're people. Like, you just can't plug and play like it's your fantasy lineup.
2: Yeah, Damian Collins, I mean, we see what he did in the Bahamas, how confident he looked. And he just looked like a completely different player from last season. And I, I think a lot of people just kind of underestimate just how big, of a, how big his father was in his life. Mm-hmm. um you lose somebody like that right before the season you don't have a lot of time to grieve over it you don't have a lot of time to get over it i mean it's, you gotta try to make it to the next level is what he's trying to do um but yeah the 16 pounds i mean you he's already thin and he was trying to gain weight when you lose that yeah. that kind of sets you back physically I, I that probably puts him back at his freshman weight um so i mean you can't just plug and play somebody that thin yeah he has the length but look at the girth of some of these guys having the sec he's just gonna get bullied um but yeah i i, I wish all the success for him that he's a good kid and the one thing i'll say to anybody about this team obviously they have their flaws they have the negatives but this is one team personally i'm rooting for you just when you're around them you see how much the negativity has affected them and some of them have been open about it some of them haven't um like antonio reeves during i think his uh, call-in show last week, Cal just kind of threw in. He kind of went to through a similar stint as Jacob Toppin did. Nobody heard about it. I had a chance to talk to him about it a little bit after Saturday's game. He just kind of talked about the pressure that comes with playing at Kentucky. It's not for everybody. You've heard many people say it. But when they come out on the other side, they're a better player and a better person.
1: Right. And I think when we hear as fans, you know, Kentucky's not for everybody, the bad – actors among us take that as as a reason to be even more of a jerk. And it's like, as Cal keeps saying, these are all somebody's kids. So uh, Tristan, with you covering the team, being right there, right now on February the 1st, 2023, what is your state of the program? What do you think this team can be? I know the time's drawn short, but where do you think this team can be on March the 1st?
2: Yeah, with, with how they played yesterday, especially the first half, but I, I mean, you're saying that without playing Case and Wallace and uh, Hurt severely with they didn't look great. With that said, I mean, after the game, you see how much fun they're having together. You've seen Lance Ware kind of becoming the reporter and, and asking some Antonio Reeves some questions. So, I mean, they enjoy being around each other. They're having fun. They're getting closer as a team. Um even in that Kansas loss, they lost, and it would help the resume, but I mean, Kansas just made big shots down a stretch. I thought Kentucky played well for 37 minutes of that game, In the last three minutes, they just kind of fell apart. Um, I think when you get into an NCAA tournament-like setting, when you're one-on-one, there's not a lot of time to go over which team you're playing, go over hypotheticals. I, I think this team could make a run to the Sweet 16, and if they're lucky, maybe the Elite Eight. Um, But when you get in that one-on-one type atmosphere, I think this team can do something. You got the talent there. You got, uh, barring any injuries happening in the last month, kind of like what happened last year, um, I think this team could do something. And I think the last few weeks you've seen them, and even in the second half yesterday, they looked much better, especially guarding the pick and roll. Um, Ole Miss just got out to that incredibly hot start and couldn't miss.
0: Because they can't shoot a lick. I mean, I as far as over the course of a game, you know, you, you see teams, you know, rim out or these dudes threw up some some bad looking <laughs> bricks. Once that little hot spell wore off, I mean it was Clank City and, and those dudes, you, you didn't have to be fearful of them hurting us consistently offensively.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Kentucky down the stretch is they gotta get something out of CJ Frederick. I mean, he's got that tape around his finger, so I'm sure that finger's still bothering him. But, I mean, he's shooting, like, I think I looked at it since January, like 24%. I mean, you you got to get – yeah, he does stuff on the floor. He passes, he defends. But if he's not scoring, you got to play Chris Livingston some some more. Um, But I think eventually those shots would have to start falling. And if this team wants to make it to that sweet 16 and potentially that elite eight, they are going to have to start falling.
1: So where do you sit on, I think, we have talked about the lineup of this team probably more, Vinny, than I was thinking of any Kentucky team ever that we've, as fans, been on the lineup. The These guys have to play. So, and I'm I'm talking about, you know, even going back to the 96 team, because Tristan, we're old, but I don't remember it being a thing because it's like, hey, we got all these dudes that can play. It was Which was I mean, a, it's easier if you've got nine NBA dudes, right? Like that's a, that's an easy call yeah. to make. That was like move up to the point. That was about the only thing people were fussing about. Then you win thirty games in a row, so that's kind of a good move. So where are you on this? We've got the, and I hate to say it, the basketball Benny lineup, <laughs> but people lock onto that, and I'm like, they can't play forty minutes a game, like. You've got to be able to – other people have to be able to contribute. Kind of where are you on all that? And if the team has said anything, uh, anything you've got to add on that?
2: Right. So kind of like you said, when you have nine, ten NBA guys like Cal has typically had, you kind of just plug and play anybody you want to. Um, but kind of like you were getting at, five players can't play 40 minutes. You're going to have to play somebody. And I think Severe Wheeler is the SEC Assist Leader and a Bob Cousy board final. It's a pretty good guy to have on your bench. Um, with that said, I'm not completely sold on the basketball, Benny, but I'm not completely not sold either. I think it's somewhere in the middle, which is kind of like most arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, there's no coincidence that Case Wallace provides more versatility as a scorer, can help in a more modern offense than Severe Wheeler can when he's undersized. I mean, yeah, he's shooting better, but they don't really respect him as a shooter still. Mm-hmm. Um, struggles with his size on defense. I mean, you've seen some guys – uh, Ole Miss last night, he guarded the possession fine, but they just shot right over him. Yeah. Um, so he's he's definitely valuable. Um, but I do think that Casey Wallace, kind of like you were talking about Brandon Knight earlier, Casey Wallace kind of – he's that Brandon Knight role that Cal loves to have on his team. And I think that's why the uh, lineup kind of excels is just because you just have a more explosive, more a, a talented weapon at the point that when he has the ball, he can do more things with um, but I Severe Wheeler, he's he, it's not just like how some people just want to throw him to the curb. Right. He's gonna be needed and we seen him last night. Without Severe Wheeler, I don't think Kentucky wins that game.
1: Well, he went out after turning his ankle, and it was like an eight one run or whatever for Ole Miss. And Thiero, who's a dude I would love to see, give me Junior a dude, Thiero. Like give me that guy i'm i'm buying that stuff i'm gonna right make now. an impact
2: on college basketball
1: <laughs> right give me give me that guy but i'm like you're gonna need dudes to play because and as as any college basketball fans or any you got you can count on your stars right but there's going to be dudes that just pop up that you're gonna need and if you discard wheeler you know where does that leave you
2: and I think this, you kind of talking about it with the lineup, with it being five, this team is really fragile when it comes to foul trouble and injuries. If one key part, if Oscar, knock on wood, Oscar, Case, and Wallace, Jacob Toppin, they go out, this team, it, it goes back two months. We're, we're right where we were losing to South Carolina just because each person has their own role. And that goes all the way down to the bench. Yeah, the lineup is 7-8 deep, but Cal keeps talking about Damien Collins needs to be ready. Hugo needs to be ready. There's going to be games where they may come in, in just five or ten minutes, but they're going to play a valuable part. We've seen a new Fierro go to Tennessee, I mean, for five or seven minutes. Right. He he, he played well Absolutely. against Pascovey. He scored. He got some free – I mean, he did everything you want wanted a player coming off the bench to do.
1: And I think Cal does that as good as any coach in the country. You know, we go back to the uh, um, uh, Marcus Lee game, you know, when they lead eight against Michigan had all those strings did not play Vinny. and then all of a sudden you know he goes for 15 or eight or whatever so yeah. Yeah. you're gonna need dudes to to step up and play
0: and he talks about how hard that is and it has to be you know to to have yourself ready to play but then not know when or who or the matchup or the situation or what point in the game so that is a, a tightrope that you got to try to walk and navigate and, you know, mentally and physically. And the minute you let your guard down, then he points at you to come in and you're not. So that's that, like, he, and Cal does kind of give those guys his props because it does take a certain kind of mindset and, and work ethic, especially for freshmen, uh, to come in and, and, and walk that tightrope.
2: And I think you've seen the guys that have struggled to do that. Kind of like the Dante Allen. When they don't put that work in, he's not going to play you. So I, I mean, he, you gotta, you gotta put the effort in, even if you're the eighth or ninth player. Because if it doesn't pay off this year, you're more liable. To, if you're not going to transfer, or come back. It's going to pay off as a sophomore or a junior. Look at Nick Richards, Emmanuel quickly.
1: Right, and and you and you tell people like, oh, Cow's not playing this guy. You're not at practice. Right. That that's that's the biggest thing is, Tristan, you know, you're around the team, you know, the dudes that are doing it in practice, doing it extra, doing whatever. Those are dudes that he wants to trust and play. And if you're not doing those little things, then you're not playing. I don't care how good a shooter you are. You're, you're not going to play if you're not doing those extra things.
2: Exactly. I mean, if you're if you're not willing to put in the effort, he's not going to trust you to put in the effort during an actual game. hmm
0: absolutely man tell us a little bit you know we're trying to get in your business but tell us a bit about yourself a little bit about your background your and your journey to be an editor for sea of blue
2: and founding your own website kentucky Insider. uh so actually by day i'm an accountant so it doesn't sound that fun but by day i'm an accountant that's what i still do my day job um i like to cover kentucky it's fun a little bit extra side money but back in 2019 I guess it kind of dates back to when I was in high school. If I had to write a report and if it was a free topic, I always chose Kentucky basketball or Kentucky football or just something easy to write about. Um, I even remember in elementary school, before I learned how to get internet stats, I kept the stats of the game so I could go back and look at them. Um, So it's always just been a passion. And back in like 2019, I kind of just committed to it, uh, bought the the domain, started putting in the work and – over COVID, obviously, you weren't in person, you couldn't do anything. Coming out of COVID, though, we were built up some audience, so I was finally able to get credentialed. Um, and during that time, I actually started helping a sea of blue, which that's really picked up here in the last year or so. Kind of got married and bought a house all at once. So kind of had to all at one time graduated school. So I kind of had to let everything go for a Kind of got, yeah, yeah. got married. Yeah, kind of got married. That just happened. But uh, <laughs> but uh after that I, I i got back with it and we've been going for almost a year now so um this season's probably been the most events games the interviews and stuff we've gotten to go through so it's definitely been neat to i'm always going to be a fan and it's always neat to just be that close to these guys and get these guys uh, get to know them on a different level so th- I'm gonna you? give you
1: two pieces of advice. You haven't asked, but I'm an old man now, so I'm giving advice. One, I got you, and, and I think you've done a good job with this. Just be you. Like it's simple, but you know, Vinny, we've been doing this for a while. My advice is, don't try to be somebody else. Just be you, and you've done a good job with that. Love your stuff. Uh, two is, I forgot my second one, Vinny. This is what happens, Tristan. When you get old, you got to write <laughs> stuff down. But just be and, – and the thing I like about Kentucky bloggers, whatever you want to call us, is there's a market for whoever you are. Talking to fans of other fan bases, and it's like they're impressed that, yes, there's KSR, right? Not every place has a KSR. However you feel about Mount Jones – you got to tip your hat, right? But there's not another fan base that can sustain everybody. That's the thing. We've got fans like uh Michelle who listens. I mean, that might consume 20 to 25 hours worth of Kentucky podcasts a week Easy. and go into all the sites because everybody's a little bit different. A sea of blue is gonna give you a little something different. You know, we try to give you a little something different, you know, round of shots tries to give you something different that to me i'm telling my wife she's she's an iowa person so (laughs) just trying to explain that's what makes because she sees all the crazy people on kentucky media right or kentucky social media right there's a lot of jerks out there i mean let's be honest but i'm like there's something more to that because everybody's doing their own thing you go to the games you can see somebody from the herald leader right next to a sea of blue right next to this place and I love it. I'm preaching, but you're doing good work, Tristan. Thank you. Even though you, know. if you make you make me feel old, but
2: I just say you. I I know I make some people mad, but like you said, I, when when I'm doing what I do, I try to look at it from a, a neutral perspective. But as a fan, what do I want to know? I don't I don't care what somebody else's what their opinion they want. Right. I want to know what personally, and that kind of helps me convey the information I put out.
0: And as far as Terry's number two, it was probably don't forget number one. That's probably what's number <laughs> two.
2: I don't know. But, I,
1: you know, it, but for me, always stay a fan, right? Like, you know, Vinny and I talked about it. You know, the day I go to Rupp Arena to cover a game and I'm just like, oh well, it's Rupp Arena. No, it's always be a fan. But my second one was, Here we go. if you can avoid it, do not go into a losing locker room in the NCAA tournament. That's not that's not fun. If, yeah, you, I, if you can avoid that.
2: As I was gonna say I'm hoping we can go a little farther <laughs> this year. I, I can't. Yeah,
1: because that, yeah, that, uh, probably the, I, Vinny, I think that's the worst thing I ever had to do mm-hmm. was covering the uh, the uh Kansas State game. Yeah. I and about, I feel like is crying, and I'm like, oh, I just want to give him a hug, but I'm supposed to be media, and I'm like, I can't,
2: I can't do this. I was going to say, I think that, Locker, I, when you said Locker, I thought about that, the John Wall team, um, yes. Obviously, the 2015 team, that had to be pretty bad. Yes. And then the, the Fox, the Fox BAM, those interviews. Yeah. Those are, yeah, because
1: the, yeah. the thing is, the Kansas State locker room was right across the hall from the Kentucky locker room. And they're cheering, and you're like, oh. But anyway, you're doing you're doing good stuff,
2: Tristan. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. So what part
0: can Kentucky out you from?
2: Uh, so... I, I know I have a Southern accent, but I'm not part of Eastern Kentucky. I don't own a farm. I just—I guess it's kind of where I grew up. But I'm from Central Kentucky, a place called Grayson County, um, oh, about 30 minutes from e town, an hour from Louisville, about two hours from Lexington. So I don't get to make it to everything, but I go to go for go to a lot of stuff.
0: Well, you sound like you're from my neck of the woods. I'm from Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs>
2: sound
1: like he's from my neck of the woods. I'm from Louisville. Uh, okay. We got okay. accents in Louisville. <laughs> Why
0: y'all try to always
2: put
1: us out of the state?
0: He, I saying, say, he said I sound like I'm from Eastern Kentucky. He
2: said it. As I was say, I, I got a, a, a southern draw that, that gives a lot of people attention out of state. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm like, I promise. I, I'm not like, I don't just harvest corn on the weekends. I, I don't yeah. think I.
0: <laughs> well, we, we got you scrolling on the ticker there. Tristan Ferris, but what is the Tristan Oda? What is what is that in your Twitter? What's the So that's
2: that's my middle name and it came from my papa. So he actually didn't have a middle name. So when I was named after him, it's just always been a pride thing to throw that name out there. So um, I've actually when I first got my license, I used it more to show people my middle name because they didn't believe me. They're like, That's not a name than I did to actually like it for anything else. So um just just to Sense of pride for my family
0: and stuff. Hmm. Cause I wonder when you we first started following each other, you know, I just I like, okay Tristan Uda, this dude Tristan Uda fall okay cool oh see, and you know you you browse the profile and I was like huh Uda that's a unique last name I know yeah, a, i know a Mike Uva he covers South Carolina it's UVA like you, nice you, bro, you get, and I was like, you know, and then I saw you, Uda, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool.
1: But then Vinny, you sound so old Vinny. Cause you're always like, you related to them to people. You related to we, <laughs> we old people, man. We're yeah, like, we, we looking at 50 here. So you gotta, you gotta get <laughs> a good little great. Have you ever seen the movie yeah. life? Then with, so- uh,
2: Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. Uh, I know who Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy are. But I've never well, check out
1: him. that movie. Cause that's where me and Vinny are heading after doing <laughs> this for so long.
2: But then I realized
0: your last name was Ferris, so I knew when we had Joan, I had I had to ask what the Uda was. Yeah, it's a it's
2: a well actually his so my great grandfather's name was Oda and then he was Uda and both of them are German. So hmm.
0: So what do you think for Florida Saturday? You get we get the Mike Pratt Jersey retirement, mm-hmm. which was glad to see it. We should have a little bit sooner. I mean way overdue. Yeah.
1: If we, can, if, we, if we can be honest, Tristan. We've had this conversation. We need more jerseys retired. Oh, I, I'm with you. Because we're going to have pretty much 30 years of – 30 years since we were in school, Vinny. Again, we're old. But 30 years of, of, of Kentucky basketball and nobody's been recognized. That, to me, seems like a big omission.
2: I'm say you're going to have, I think, in the next decade to that, you're going to have guys like Keith Bogland get up there. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to let some of the stuff. Like, I mean, Anthony Davis is one of the greatest college players ever. Whether he's here one year, four years, he's he's got to go up in the Raptors, especially after everything he did.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so I think you're gonna see uh, a lot more, a lot more jerseys retired. But actually, this Saturday, I'm going as a fan. This is my one game of the year. I'm going as a fan, so it'd be kind of neat to experience that from a fan perspective. Uh, so, but I, I think there's gonna be a lot more jersey retirements here coming soon. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we get the Gators at home and then we get a bunch of Wednesday games, but uh, not a big margin for error. Everybody knows that based on how the record against your quad ones and, and top tier competition is gone. So, you know, you, you go to Oxford and and do what you have to do and and pull away in the second half. And you just kind of kind of maintain that. And, and, you know, you can't let your guard down, and, you know, we saw it happen with South Carolina at home. We don't want to slip back to that. We want to, you know, start another streak now with Florida coming in. You, you dropped the Kansas one, but you've got the Oxford, got the Ole Miss one, and now we're trying to start another streak with Florida coming in this weekend.
2: Yeah, if you're going to relate this team or this game to any game we've played, it's probably going to be closer to the Florida and game. Both teams are still on the bubble. They're still fighting for a turn-up spot. Kentucky's in think florida the last time i looked they're not they're the next four out um so i mean they're they're right there too um and obviously castleton's given us problems in the past yeah. so that uh, he's and still he, there he, yeah he's still there i thought he so, played with
1: yo Kim noah in him. <laughs> wayne <laughs> shinses
2: <laughs> he feels like he's been there for a while but i, I can deal with him uh more than uh Polschwitz with her, I I, I probably butchered that. Tennessee, I can't stand that dude.
0: Speaking of speaking of Florida, they're up seventeen to four on Tennessee as we speak. About eleven minutes ago in the first half. So Y'all t- see
1: Vanderbilt now? Alabama t- t- last night.
2: Tennessee. That t- looked t- like t- a football t- score. Oh my goodness! Did you Vanderbilt, see Alabama t-
0: Oklahoma Saturday? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: I seen somebody it was like, I wonder how much Oklahoma would beat Kentucky by. And I was like, Well, we may find that out if they play in the first four ends. So. <laughs> yeah. Woo.
0: Look, I, look, we, we gotta be Florida Saturday, but keep this up tonight, Florida. And you know, get it all out your system and, and just look, this 17 to 4, keep it going. Cause it's look, I I know we're supposed to, you know, hope teams keep winning and all this for your resume and all that stuff. I don't ever root for Tennessee. I don't – I can't. I don't care if they – their winning helps us because we beat them. I don't – I don't care. No. Florida Tennessee. 17, Tennessee 4. And this Florida team is not good. I know it's in games when there's a lot of time. But keep this up. I like this. I like this.
2: Yeah, as, as a fan, obviously the, the team I despise growing up the most was Louisville. Since they've been so bad that it slowly transitioned to Tennessee. And it – but. I, I, the way they play, just, it, it, I despise it. It's not just. The, <laughs> so
1: smug and they're not very good. Yep.
2: Yeah. And you if know. you would think looking at a Rick Barnes coach team, he wouldn't coach his team like that because that doesn't, like as the type of guy when you just kind of look at it from the outside looking in, he doesn't look like he would coach a team like that. You just, you got guys playing dirty, flopping. Plavich,
0: or that big seven, he's a waste of seven foot. He's the sorriest rascal.
1: Um, Rick Barnes had Kevin Durant and did not make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I don't care what else you have on his resume, Kevin Durant. And it's not like he got to the NBA and all of a sudden got good. You know, we could talk about Cal and all the dudes and not winning championships. If you don't make it to the second weekend with Kevin Durant, I'm skeptical of your coaching abilities. So that's how I feel about Rick Barnes, and
0: he was losing to Tennessee when he was at Texas. So whatever. Chris Lofton was dotting Kevin Durant's eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, who are you are? You an NFL guy at all, Tristan? Do you keep up with it? Do you have so a team? I, and who's your Super Bowl pick? Uh,
2: so NFL is, is kind of just like I used to be a big Peyton Manning fan. So I, I grew up a Colts fan. Um, so when he retired, I kind of just. And didn't pick a team, so I just I just watch the NFL to watch the NFL. Um, obviously, I kind of root for more of the local teams, probably the Bengals um, before they hired Bur- or they drafted Burrow, I, I, but they just struggled forever. Um, so it's good to see them playing well. But my Super Bowl pick, I'm probably going to pick. I, I'd like for the Eagles to win, but I think the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, is going to pull some bunnies out of his out of his hat and win that game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, he. uh, I'm
1: leaning that way myself, Vinny. I know we're not doing our Super Bowl picks. I'm leaning that way myself. That's I've seen that dude up front do it. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's when you watch Patrick Mahomes, and I, I just don't understand how he gets some of the throws off. I mean, he he threw two or three passes the other night that should have been picked. They were within one yard or about a foot of the the corner, and they. I mean. There was one touchdown pass when one one he was getting sacked through it completely accurately. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the thing about
1: Patrick McCombs is no matter what his body's doing, his arm is accurate. That's the thing mm-hmm. that I think separates him from most of the other quarterbacks is it don't matter what's going on around him or near him, that ball's coming out hot. Yeah.
0: And then to, to be gimpy – and then took it and, and gut out that run when they needed it to get a little bit closer for field goal range. Cincinnati didn't help with the didn't help themselves with the late hit out of bounds. And all the people in Kentucky, I know most a lot of Bengals fans, but the whole narrative you can't call that. Yes, you can. Yeah. He had two feet out of bounds and was cl- when you on. weigh out
1: of bounds. You have to call that. <laughs> yeah,
2: That's a half that, to call That was the correct call. I know it made a lot of people mad. At- the officiating I mean that was the right call. The only part the officiating they just had a lot way before that play, they just had a lot more effect on the game than they should have had. Oh yeah. Man, that that third down, I just what happens if Kansas City gets the first down? Are they they just they still gonna pull it back? back it's still gonna be third and nine? I I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then that was that was sketchy. But since they still had chances as they will the objectives Bengals fans and zach taylor even said after the game but um you know they are look to be in better shape for the foreseeable future than they have been for all those years pre burrow you you never know you know dan marino thought he would get the more than he did he only made the one but cincinnati is right there and now they kind of step past buffalo Cause it was this was Buffalo's year. This was Josh Allen's year, and then, you know, it seemed like a team of destiny with the the Hamlin situation. This was definitely gonna be their year. And Cincinnati went there and just slapped them around, so now it's Cincinnati stepping up, trying to be, you know, a perennial contender. So we'll see how it goes. And, and they're trying to be challengers to the Mahomes throne, and it'll be fun to watch. And and Bengals fans can be proud because they have been bad four years so
2: it'll be interesting to see how the, the finances because Joe Burrow's about to get paid Jamar Chase is gonna get paid how many guys can you keep around
0: and they've been historically cheap cheap
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as as the other Cincinnati team too. Yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> poor, poor Cincinnati yeah well man Tristan what you got coming down the pike for either website either Take like Insider or see blue? What you? What you got coming? Uh,
2: so, so right now I'm working on the obviously. I, there's going to be daily stories, but the the one story I'm working on right now. Hopefully, I can I can get in, uh, get an interview in with Hugo next week. But if you watch, if you get a chance to to see the guys warm ups, you always see Oscar and Hugo teasing each other, going back and forth, bantering. So I, even after the loss, I kind of talked to Oscar about it uh, on Saturday. And he just, he talked about how Hugo being a, is his little brother pretty much, that he, he loves that guy. Um, so I kind of just want to, I'm diving into the brother-like relationship they have. Um, Hugo, or Oscar just talked about how when he leaves, he wants to put Hugo in a spot to benefit this team, be well with this team, and, and just kind of diving in uh, into their relationship and, and Hugo's future here.
0: Sounds good, man. Y'all check it out. Kentucky Insider, see a Blue. At Tristan Uda on Twitter, we got it scrolling right there, and we'll tweet all the good stuff out once the show's over, man. Tristan, appreciate you hopping on. And you know, we have to have you on again, man. Always good yes, stuff, sir. yes,
2: sir. Anytime I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, man.
0: have a good one now. See you. Tristan Ferris, Kentucky Insider, Sea of Blue, fellow panelists on Round of Shots with you. You're doing good stuff, doing big things, man.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I know we got our another guest on the way. I will be right back. I've got a little my dog is doing a dog thing, so I will be right back.
0: Sammy doing his stuff. I just text uh, Derek Cow to see if the link made it through. So hopefully he'll be on here with us in uh, just a second. He said he's just getting done from practice and got the link. So good stuff. Good stuff. Looking forward to chopping it up <clears throat> with Coach Aqal. Talk a little high school basketball with him uh, here in just a second. Thanks again to Tristan Ferris for hopping on with us. Uh, check that young fella out. He's doing big stuff. Uh sea blue and Kentucky insider. Uh, while we wait for TB and Derek Aqal, the big news of the day, <clears throat> Tom Brady retiring. We'll have to get to that for a little bit before we hop off of here. Uh, seemingly trying to convey that he was for real this time. <laughs> said it was for good when he tweeted out the video. We shall see. Uh, I say wait until training See if he gets that itch again. But right now, we got our second guest on here fellow Harlan Countyan, Lynch Bulldog slash Cumberland Reds and now the current coach of the Harlan Green Dragons, which that's still a little weird for me. But I, I'm going I'm to get him on here and talk about it. We talked about it before. Derek Akal, head coach of the Harlan Green Dragons, is on here with his man. DA, the original DA for me. What's up, coach?
3: How you doing, man? appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir,
0: man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you taking the time. They're like, spur the moment. I sent you a text. and am like, hey, love to have you back. And you was like, I'm, I'll do it today. I was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> yes,
3: I had talked to you before. We've been trying to get this done for a while. So when I got your text today, I was like, yes, I'll go on, man.
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate That's it, man. For uh, this, is my man Terry Brown here from Louisville. We've been doing this for, for several years. Coach of Cal, he's from. Lynch, Harlan County, and then we had several of us on before, had, had George Massey, Freddie Maggard, Lewis Morris, Charles Tinsley, Paul Gaffney, all the home folks that you know, DA, them been on here, so finally glad to get you on here, too, man.
3: Thanks, man. I appreciate them. Them some names, man. I don't know if I can live up to all that, but I appreciate you having me on
0: Now,
1: hey, Vinny puts it on for his people now. I, I will say this. We I always have a you. Harlan... I don't think we've had a month of doing this show, and this is going back 10 years we haven't had some Harlan County representation. Got so to. I tip my hat to you. I like
0: that. Okay, Benny. All right, man. Got
1: to, man. Hey, and had went old school the
0: other day, had had Larry Kirksey from the Rosenwald and you know way back playing against Lynch in football. So I tried man. I cut Bernie, Bernie Bickerstaff on here before. So you know, we try man. We try.
3: Um, now you're trying to put pressure on me.
0: No, no, no. Because see, <laughs> I'm see, just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> because when you're talking about Hoopers from where I'm from, you won't get far down the list before your name comes up. So you can be humble and maybe say, ah, 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 but your name is right there with all those great ones. And for me saying it was weird because you're with Harlan now. Because when I was in Cumberland, Harlan was the big rival. We couldn't stand them. You did the same thing because you started at Lynch and then finished at Cumberland, right?
3: Yes, my freshman year uh, was the last year of Lynch High School, so I went there. Then we went to Cumberland. I was there for three years, so I uh, kind of got a mixture of both. But Lynch was an independent school at the time, so I just moved back over to Independent when I went to get, went to Harlan.
0: But, yeah, exactly. So Cumberland was county, and yes. then you Harlan Independent. Because Cumberland has been consolidated into Harlan County, and you had Everson K. Wood, and now you're back at Harlan Independence. I mean, yo, you, you've you been on both sides throughout, man, basically.
3: Yes, and I worked at uh, Harlan County High School. The new high school as an assistant coach for two years.
0: Okay,
3: cool. So I ran the whole gamut of uh, experience in city and county and Lynch and Harlan and Cumberland. Like, I've been all over the county. <laughs>
0: For sure, for sure, man. Let's talk about that too. We get to, get to your, we gotta get to your team as well. But okay. your 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 journey as a as a player playing for Lynch and Cumberland, go wherever you want to go with that. Tell people that didn't see you kind of what your game was like. Give mm-hmm. a little scout what Derek Aka was like when he was doing his thing.
3: Well, it, it ain't much to say. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't obviously the guys that you named, but uh I was a young cat. I graduated at 17, so I was a late bloomer. So in high school, a lot of people may not know about me. I only got to play my senior year, actually, and um, had four different coaches in four years in high school. Then I went to Tennessee Wesleyan in Athens, Tennessee, and played four years and had two different coaches there. So from 17 to 19, I probably gained about 15 to 20 pounds and grew about three inches. So then, of course, that kind of changed me a little bit, the, the way I played, so uh, you know, back then it wasn't any three pointer, so I was more of a driver and, and athlete. Uh, and th- matter of fact, they put the three in maybe my sophomore year in college, so that's when adjustments started to take place. But even then, it was like don't take threes, you know. And if you know, as we get into more about my team, you'll see that I've turned that around like <laughs> three sixty, a one eighty. But uh, yes, uh, so man, I, I, my career probably later on in my life. Uh, and probably when you probably seen me, or people in Lynch could remember me, it's probably when I got twenty-ish. So speaking to me, speaking about me as a high school player, uh, I wasn't much to speak speak about. That is the truth.
0: <laughs> your your coaching journey too, man. You 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 you've had a lot of coaches, like you said, in high school and college. So who stood out as your influences? Where who did you take from? <clears throat> what's kind of molded you and shaped you and where did you start your coaching career and and where's the places you've been as a coach?
3: Okay. I, you know, I spent 11 years in the army. Uh, So that kind of shaped a lot of my coaching. Also the leadership skills I learned in the army, trying to apply some of those things. So that kind of shaped it. Uh, Some of the coaches I learned a lot from some of the coaches I learned how not to do things. That's just, you know, the way it is Uh, having that many different coaches, you've learned a lot of different ways of doing things. When I came back to Lynch, uh, Bill Scott, I don't know if you remember Bill Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh Benny, he, he was coaching Cumberland at the time and he let me come along and and help a little bit and uh, but you know, we're talking about 2002 three, 2003, when I first started coaching uh, back here. Uh, so but that was when the game was a little different. Like I guess you guys, you know, you guys watching the basketball now, it don't look anything like it did in 0-2. So for me as a coach, you know, I've, I've had to like look at a whole bunch of different guys. Now I still got a bunch of my friends who coach high school and some who coach college and a couple of guys who played in the NBA I talked to. So we kind of like, you know, uh, bounce things off each other. So the coach today, the Coach of Kyle today, is totally different than the Coach of Cal in 03. And I had I had Coach Scott
0: my freshman year. I had him in my shop class at, uh, at Cumberland. <laughs> and – He brought you on. It's crazy. It's about to be 20 years since Cumberland made that run, won the region, and went to state. And you were on that staff with him for Cumberland's Sweet 16 trip in 03, man. That's been 20 years ago, man.
3: Yeah, I was, man. That was like uh, uh, a fun ride, man. You know, we had a bunch of guys, just tough. I call them football players because most of them play football. They was just tough guys, man, who defended, and uh, that was like one of those magical runs, you know. You look up three, well, five games later, you at Rupp Arena, and I don't know. We had a losing record that season, so which was even crazy, yeah. you know. So that was the first time in the history of a county school that uh, they made it to the uh, Sweet Sixteen.
0: Because the whole town was there, man. I was, I was living in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I gotta work. And I'm driving to Lexington. I said, Come on, in the Sweet Sixteen. And like you said, the season was bumpy, and then you get hot in the district, get hot when the region, and and you was in Rupp, And I was in Rupp to watch y'all, man. It was it was like you said, it was magical. It really was. It was it
3: was fun, man. It was fun. I'd like to go back another time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and look, man, your your team right now this year twenty and three. Uh, let's see, and you mentioned. You know the scoring. Like let's say I looked it up: seventeen hundred points, seventeen hundred fifty-four points scored, thirteen hundred eighty-five points allowed. So that just tells me I ain't, I ain't really great at math. Y'all blowing people out basically, <laughs> to have almost four hundred point differential as far as points scored, points allowed. Uh, went to the Facebook page, and, and the promo is the most electrifying team in Kentucky. That's that's what y'all are saying 11 times y'all scored over 80 points three times scored over 90 hit 100 the other night when y'all beat Middlesboro 100 to 51 so is that the style of play every year or is it because based off of personnel this year that you're playing this way because you got a lot of guards with a lot of experience just tell us a little bit about your your philosophy and your squad
3: I've always wanted to play this style, but like you said, you know, you got to have the guys ready to play this style. We're a little bit more depth now. Uh, we're a better shooting team. Uh, so, like, if you watch us play, we're going to take about 33s, 33s a game, uh, sometime even more. Uh, and we're going to probably take the first three. We see, like, it goes against what I started doing when I first coached. Like, I would spend an hour and a half working on defense. Uh and, but we can never score early in the early years. Um, so, as I started to coach and it to, for me evolve, I kind of said to myself one day, like, unless they start giving me points for doing anything other than putting the ball in a hole, maybe we need to start shooting the ball a bit more. So, we've spent a lot of times, uh, a lot of time in our practice shooting the ball. And we, I think we shoot like 37 and 38% from three. I got about three guys that can shoot it over 40%, but we do that a lot. So, uh, I don't know about the most electrifying you know, team. Uh, but I think we're a fun team. If you come watch us, we're gonna get up and down the floor. We're gonna pick up defensively. We're we one of the top rebounded teams in the state. Uh, and I only got one guy over six two. Uh we go to the board's hard, we defend. Um, so like I said, I don't you know, I guess that's an eye beholder what's electrifying. You know, but uh I, I think we're a fun team to watch, entertaining team to watch.
0: I was just I was reading what the Facebook I was just reading what it said. I wouldn't I wasn't stretching nothing.
3: Hey, listen. When you, yeah." When you, I said, now he going to have teams coming at us, man, saying, no, it ain't them. You know, so I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't you know. But, you know, you know, we probably had uh, – like I said, I don't have anybody over 6'2". And I got a couple guys uh, that's very explosive to be six foot, And we probably had, I'm going to say, 15, 18 dunks in the season. Uh, from a guy's guys who are five eleven and about six one. So uh when that happens, you know, there's something you don't see often in the game. It's five eleven, six foot guys dunking, uh, off alley oops and off the break. So maybe that's where that comes from. Uh but like I said, we take thirty-threes a game. So if you see three dunks, you're probably gonna see thirty-threes. So maybe they're talking about the electrifying thing is the thirty threes that we take and not necessarily the three dunks. Well,
0: I know I watched a little bit of the promo the highlight video, and it was of course the uh, the radio guys, uh, it was a lot of my goodness, my goodness, and they weren't just dunking, barely getting over the rim, I mean, I don't know if it was Caleb, I think it was number four, I mean, he yes. cocked it back, I mean, he, he cocked it back like Ja did the other day, yes. and this was high school, and I was, I was like, that's impressive, and we got all your social media stuff following on the tickets, so everybody that watches, you can follow Coach Cal, Cal underscore Derek and Harlan underscore Dragons, you put out, you and the basketball account put out a block the other day that Caleb made where it looked like that was that Middlesbrough game where y'all 40-pieced them. The pump <laughs> fake, <laughs> and the guy's wide open, and your guy comes and covers a lot of ground, jumps, bites on the pump fake, and is, you know, at this point, you know, you should have stayed on the ground, you would think. Dude for Middlesbrough goes up. Your guy like does a 180 in the air and kind of blocks it backhanded. I quote we didn't put S sports in the top 10, because I mean, and if y'all haven't seen it, go look at it. Cause he's he's already up and then twist and still blocks it. I'm not exaggerating any of that. And it was, and you I think said one of them, you won't find a more impressive block. I mean, that was I mean, y'all on the sideline watching it, were y'all's mouths dropping. What what was the reaction?
3: Yes, I was because, like I told you, my, my experience in basketball, right? So in uh, a lot of my years I played basketball, I was actually in New York. So I got to, see, got to see a lot of basketball. And I've tried to ask my friends and a lot of people I know, have they ever seen a block like that? Uh, in real time, it took me a second to process it. Uh, but Caleb is one of the most – like, to me, Caleb is an elite athlete. And that's at any level – Uh, He can do the the between-the-legs dunks. uh, He can do the 360 backwards dunks, and he's about 5'11 and a half. Uh, So when he jumps up there with his left hand to block it, realizes he misses it and does a 180 and backhands it out of bounds uh, in slow motion. It's really crazy. And what happened was Kevin Durant actually tweeted a block by Nick Claxton. And Nick went up left-handed, still facing the guy, missed it, and blocked it with his right hand. So I subtweeted Kevin Durant and put Caleb's block on there because I think Caleb's block was the best block I've ever seen, personally. And if somebody can show me one that's better, then I'll take it. But if you do a 360 and backhand one out of bounds at 5'11 and a half out on a pump fake, then I want to see that one.
0: And... He kind of had to do the, oh, y'all all going to know what I'm talking about. He kind of had to move his head from the backboard like, like Michael Cooper did when Dr. J dunked on him. He, as he's spinning, he kind of like ducked his head so he didn't hit the bottom of the backboard and still block it with the other hand. So, he, I mean, he did all that in, in one field. It was crazy.
3: And what's crazy about Caleb is we're talking about his athleticism, but he shoots over 40% from three, and he's one of the top three-point shooters in the state of Kentucky right now.
0: Man, so complete game. T B man, if you guys anything, i I ain't trying to yeah.
1: no, you know, I love it when we talk basketball. That's my that's <laughs> sport I grew up on. Uh even even back in Louisville. So I'm listening to Coach uh talk. Uh and coach, you talking about having to kind of change your, your mindset because Vinny and I are old. Can we say that, Vinny? And how the game used to be, but now you've got to the three isn't just a luxury, you have to be efficient at it if you're going to be competitive and that to me is that that switch where it went from like a I don't want to say like a freak thing like oh you know you hit some threes but now you've got to be able to both defend athletically as well as the finesse part of hitting that three point shot.
3: Yeah uh, and see so another thing I started to realize like a lot of kids don't play a lot of pickup ball anymore okay uh so you don't see a lot of the things that i seen when i was young in terms of how to shoot the ball mid-range or get yourself open and it's just realistically three points is more than two i mean that's just that's just factual and the most contested shots you're going to get is the shots that get closer to the rim okay against a good team the closer i get the more contested the shot going to be uh and just in terms of if you just watch the stats and I know it's crazy and I'm not a, like I'm from the 80s. I'm 56 years old. And this was a battle for me <laughs> to deal with taking threes. But when the numbers was put in front of me, it was as hard to deny. And as stubborn as I am, uh, it was just hard to deny. So now that don't mean just launch 40 footers, which we do sometimes and it frustrates me. But uh, if you play a team that's going to shoot 38% from three, take 30 of them and make about 12 to 15 a game. I don't know how you overcome that with just twos.
0: That makes
1: sense. Yeah, the math don't math.
3: Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. Now, like I said, I'll come from an era when there wasn't any threes. And I got friends right now think I'm nuts. Like, why you guys take so many threes? Why you shoot so many threes? One, I don't have any post players that I can throw it down to and make Consistent twos, right? That's number one. Uh, and number two is when they start taking mid-range, their hands in their face, people people are there. Right? It's just a tougher shot to make and the numbers save. uh, Now I, I, we got this saying, I say, I love twos and like threes. Now I take layups. I'm sorry, I love layups and I like threes. I take layups all day. If you're going to give me layups, I take those before I take the threes. But if you're going to take away my layups, what's the best shot I'm going to get? It's going to be an open three-point shot. And it worked for us. Uh, But I've probably been coaching like that the last four or five years. Uh, I coached girls, uh, I think it was seven years ago. Uh, We won two regional championships when I was coaching the girls, and we took a lot of threes. I had five girls that would launch threes. And you may out-talent me, but at some point, Against any team, I'm going to get off the same amount of threes, no matter the talent. But sometimes talent dictates how many twos you get off. If you're bigger than the other team, you may get post shots. If you're more athletic than the other team, you may get a bunch of mid-range pull-ups. Okay, but I wasn't that team. I didn't have that luxury. So I know I got five girls who're going to get the same kind of shots, and my guys against no matter the competition. Now whether it go in or not is a whole different animal. But that's what we got to practice on, and that ain't on me. That's on them.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> hey, with with y'all being as athletic as you are, you mentioned don't have a lot of size athletic enough to more than likely get a step on defenders on most nights, you can get layups if nobody slides over or you can just spread them out and and keep shooting your threes. So you, you still got an advantage.
3: Well, we try to mix that up, man. um, Like I said, there's times I would rather us drive it a little more, you know, then take the three. I think sometimes we do settle for that. Uh, but, you know, the guys work on it. And like, said, so there's a fine line. There's a balance. Like I, Caleb knows, I would like to see him drive a little bit more, okay? Uh, but then how do you argue with the guys going to shoot 43% from three, right? So the numbers even say on him, it's crazy that he would almost be better off taking a pull-up three than the contested two. Then it makes no sense. <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, he shoots it that well from outside of the line. He's had multiple games of making eight threes, seven threes, nine threes. Uh, that's a lot of threes to make. And how many guys you know at his height can get to the rim and make nine contested layups? I don't care how high you jump. When I mean, You got guys at the rim taking charges and contesting, their shooting percentage go down. So, like I said, I'm not trying to get it. I'm going to have all my buddies who hear this calling me, telling me I'm an idiot taking all them doggone threes. You let Vinny and them get you on there, man, and get you set up talking about (laughs) this crazy game you guys trying to play. (laughs) Like Steph ruining the game. So uh, it's just – it's worked for us, man. And uh, Unless somebody send me a seven-foot or six-nine guy who can dominate, we're going to continue to do it this way.
0: Yeah, it's my fault. I'll take all the blame, coach. I'll take <laughs> all
1: the Terry, <blame. laughs> yeah, Terry yeah, asked me that question, though, man. <laughs> well, yeah. because we, we come from that same generation of growing right. up where, you know, a three every now and then was a good have, a good to have. Right. But, and uh, Vinny and I have had discussions about the analytics and letting the numbers do this and that and the other. But I, you know, give me the dream shake from twelve to fifteen. Right, right. Give me the give me the Kareem sky hook. Like, right. These dudes are scoring thirty thousand points off this mid range, and the numbers say, well, the mid range ain't where it is. But I'm like, the best scores I've ever seen eat up that mid range. And right. then some people will say, well, yeah, if you're using Jordan's fadeaway, Kobe's fadeaway, Kareem, that's cheating a little bit. But I'm like, you know, the Ice Man's finger roll. Give me a little bit of variation to to the game as well. But if you're not Michael Jordan, then you have to get the best shot available. Because if you are Michael Jordan, every shot's pretty much, you know, in your record
3: One of my assistant coaches, he'll say sometime, like every mid-range shot ain't created equal. So I'll give you that. Like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant right now, you know, are the best mid-range shooters, and them guys are going to give you third. Okay? But now – that takes some talent. And then when you don't have that, when you don't have the guys that are capable of making that shot consistently, right? And you're like me. I grew up with some guys that would dominate that shot. But a lot of reasons they dominate that shot, that was the only shot they grew up taking. Now, when you get an eight, 10-year-old, the shot they grew up working on is a three-point shot. Yeah. So when you get them, you're just teaching them how to make that mid-range shot. They're actually more comfortable shooting the three. I was more comfortable shooting it, too. So I'm going to have to try to relearn, with, you know, retrain them how to make a mid-range contested shot, which takes a lot of time. Then it takes a lot of playing to get somebody, which kids don't do now. Kids are going to go to the park, play one-on-one. It's just a one-on-one game. They don't get to play against older guys. So a oh, lot yeah. of times what happens is you get kids who are comfortable taking this certain shot. And what I try to do is say, if you give me a kid who's never done a mid-range shot, and I get him as a freshman, I don't think it's going to be possible. I'm going to teach them how to do that in four years against competition. Now you can do it against teams, you know, that you're going to beat by 50. But some guys, you go up against a six-four guy and you five ten, you're not getting that mid-range shot off. No. If you six foot, you got a six three athlete in front of you, you're not getting that mid-range shot off, especially off the dribble. Right? No. Now, if you create some type of help and somebody kick it to you and you got a three, that's maybe the best shot you get against that particular defender. So for me, it was about how do I beat the best competition, right? And for us, that was the best shot I could get for the players who wasn't as athletic or wasn't as talented as the rest of them. And I felt like if I got five guys on the floor that you have to guard from everywhere, it makes me more dangerous. And if you you know how it was. Who did you fear the most a lot of times? The guy was going to put the ball in the hole. Right. And if I got five of them, if one in the corner, one in the other corner, I got two on the wing, how do you help? Knowing that there's a chance they may make it from uh, 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot just based on their talent. Some of them just not talented enough to dribble, get that shot off in your face, do the spin, do all these different things. Now, if you have those guys, great. But it wouldn't hurt for them to also debate to make a shot from the three-point line. But if you don't, to me, you got to have guys who can make an outside shot consistently, but you got to work on it. And we do. But I'm with you, though. Like I said, it's a battle. It was a battle, coach. I'm telling you. <laughs> it was a battle, man. I we still we struggle old with
1: heads here fight the numbers.
3: Man, I, I still struggle with it, man. I struggle sometimes. I go, man, uh, you, know, uh, you know, but uh, it's just hard to argue with sometimes. Yeah.
0: So you got uh, Harlan County at home tomorrow, and then. At Harlan County, Tuesday, so it's a quick look like the quickest turnaround of the teams you play twice on the schedule. Do you like a quick turnaround like that, or do you like a little more time to go by when you have that rematch with with the Clay Counties and the Harlans and the teams you have to play twice?
3: I like space in between, but uh, we had to reschedule this game tomorrow because we had won the All A Region and we was going to play them during that week. So that's the only reason it was that quick. Okay. I'm gonna normally to, we would have a little bit. Normally we play them like in December and, and then uh, late January.
0: I'm going to try to run home. I can't make it tomorrow, but Tuesday I'm going to run up there and try to try to watch y'all at Harlan County. So be back home and yeah, get y'all. So, yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. That is
3: a, that is a robbery.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it is a place. That's, you know, uh, since they opened that school, have you been to that gym? You seen that gym?
0: Yeah, been the one game okay. there. This is my second, second,
3: uh, okay. second game. Back. They got one of the best facilities in the state. All mm-hmm. right. And when we go over there, it is packed. Okay. And they'll come to our gym. Uh, and we've lost one home game in, I think, three years. Okay. And they're going to come in here tomorrow. And when I say it's going to be an exciting, uh, game I can't put enough on how exciting it's gonna be. Uh we got two top teams in our region. I think they only lost four games. Yeah. we only lost three. Uh they got some guys over there can play. We got some. So that'll be a great high school basketball. It's actually gonna be on WYMT so if you get a chance to put your TV on it, you could you can stream it and watch it. Tomorrow there should be some basketball.
0: Tomorrow streaming.
3: Yeah W Y M T. Okay. That's good stuff. WYMT
0: for sure. Um, and I noticed, I saw where you got third and fourth grade intramurals coming up this month. Uh, so what's what's that? Tell us about that.
3: Well, man, I've been on this thing uh, of trying to get kids more involved in basketball. Like, if you see the thing at the bottom, is actually the picture of my son, uh, and it's GD, GTG, which means grow the game. Uh, so at the third and fourth grade level, man, I like to see kids actually have fun playing the game. It's actually going to be a three-on-three league. Uh, it's not going to be a five-on-five. I'm going to try to get kids to get more touches, more shots, more chance to be able to dribble. And I'm going to do it without coaches because I think sometimes they get in their way of learning. So we're going to get a bunch of little kids out this intramural league, let them have fun, let them run up. Still teach them the rules, right? But let them have fun, run up and down the floor, pass the ball, do all these things without people trying to win a basketball game in the third and fourth grade. Because when you start trying to win, you start, like, to me, uh, a lot of kids don't get the development they need because one kid is going to dominate the ball, right, because everybody's trying to get a win. So in the third and fourth grade, for us, it's an intramural league, just for elementary school, three on three. Uh, and we're going to have some skill development during the week. So I may come in on a Wednesday, get all of the kids in there for two hours, and just do some ball handling, some passing, run around some different motor skill stuff, teaching them how to run and jump and cut, all those kind of things. And then on the weekend, go play some three-on-three full court with lower goals and smaller
0: balls. I saw one. This is at the Harlan High School Gym or the elementary school gym?
3: Well, the, the promo was for the initial day of everybody coming to the Harlan High School Gym. Uh, We're going to get together. Should have about 40 kids. Uh, Like I said, teach them some things, let them run up and down the floor, just like little things. And then from there, we'll start picking teams and going up to elementary school and playing our youth league uh, in the mornings because we got like so many kids, you know, this is another show. But, you know, you got the third and fourth grade AAU, the first and second grade AAU and the, the fifth and sixth grade AAU, which is bananas to me. Uh, But you got all these little kids going around playing five on five on 10 foot goals, uh, throwing the ball up towards the rim, everybody running towards the ball. And then hence you get no development. Right. And then what happens is uh, as they get older, they lose interest because they can't play. They can't dribble. They can't pass. They can't see. And that happened a lot because they were younger. Okay, so for me, uh, it was about getting them in the gym, uh, allowing them more touches because it's three on three allowing them more opportunities to dribble because it's three on three and not having coaches drawing up crazy plays. Okay. So we're going to do both things uh, and see how it work out in the long run. Cause I'm in a small school. I don't have any other choice, but to develop in a third and fourth grade. I got one feeder school, one middle school, a lot of schools got six, seven, eight middle schools. I got one. So I got to try to develop my elementary uh, team. So when I get them, maybe we start taking mid-range shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. And, and, and I, I, look, I love that. Vinny and I are basketball uh, bennies, as they say. I love basketball at all levels. I will watch a game. If it's on You, I watch a high school game. I will watch women's games. I will watch international games because I love basketball. It's the one sport for me, and I know I'm preaching to the choir. I apologize, Coach. But for basketball, when it's being played at the highest level, it is like a ballet, yes. Right there's there's no there's no stopping. You know, for the most part, it's just you got to score it and you got to keep them from scoring it. It's that up and back, ebb and flow that I love about basketball. So again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I like that uh, for the young kids because if you're a little kid like I was, I still shoot off to the side because I wasn't strong enough to shoot it like this, right? So, everything's this is my pocket. Well, you know, right. that's not how you're supposed to shoot it. So, right. getting them those skills they need at a, at a younger age, maybe I'd be able to drill with my left hand, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: look, and, and the thing is, man, it's like I, I see kids now. Uh, you know, I walk in the gym and see second and third graders learning inbounds plays. And I'm going, what are you doing? Like, I see second and third graders getting pressed two, two, one uh, and can't even dribble. Like, it's amazing to me. And it's just killing their skill development. So uh, because at that age to me, these days, it's different when we were younger. But it needs to be fun. It needs to be something they want to do. But if you can't run and you can't, like to me, basketball would be miserable if I couldn't dribble, if I couldn't pass and I couldn't shoot. All the while, somebody's yelling for the stands at me, pass it, shoot it. How miserable would you be? And this is what happens. And coaches are telling you, run over here. Set a screen over here. You, you're too little to set a screen. What do you know about setting a screen? Mm-hmm. Right? So hence they get into seventh, eighth grade and don't want to play no more. They don't want to play no more because it's not fun anymore. So to me, we've just lost a bunch of kids because we've not developed them and let them allow them to make mistakes in the third and fourth grade. I've seen a bunch of – I don't even want to go, go into this too much, but I see so many kids uh, who hate the game because of early experiences. Then I've seen so many kids who didn't get the love in the third and fourth grade end up developing to really good players in seventh, eighth grade because somebody just, you know, made they start playing at the park. Uh, but we've just lost a whole generation of kids to me because we've not developed them in the third, second, third, and fourth grade. Okay, and, I, and I really believe that's why the European players come to our country now and they're so much more skilled, so much more skilled. And I spend so much try, time trying to tell people, it's not necessarily just so athleticism. There's three skills. If you can dribble, pass, and shoot at a high level, you can play basketball. And if you footwork, and they do that a lot in, in overseas, they work on footwork, right? Look at, look at Jokic. Look, yes. at Jokic. look at Jokic.
1: Look at Luka. If you yes. had to draw up like and just look physically, ain't nobody picking up Jokic, but he's a problem. He's a problem because he can move and make create passing angles. You know, yes. you know. I, again, I'm preaching to the choir, but that's the little stuff that you just pick up from playing. And Vinny, I know yes. we're pushing up a time, but hey, that 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 hit me right there. Talk talk about uh, yeah. working with the young kids because again, I love basketball. I wish I was better, but you know. It is what it is, Vinny.
0: You, you pretty much hit the last thing I had written down. I was going to ask you to, from your perspective, the similarities and differences, you know, growing up where we grew up, based on what you see as far as the game, you growing up and kids today, and you you pretty much, I mean, you, you've been all over that already. Just, you know. So,
3: yeah, one last thing, though, Benny. Let me tell you something was interesting. Like, so this year, in the last couple of years, if you watch me, so if you watch us play, don't get mad at me, because I sit down 31 minutes probably, right? I don't, I don't do a lot of yelling and fussing and pointing all that stuff, because uh, I felt like uh, if I ask all of the older dudes, how did you learn how to play? They're going to tell me by playing pickup, learning at the park, that no coach really taught them, they learned how to play by playing, right? So what I learned was when I learned how to play, because I was at the social club playing with all the older guys, right? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't pass me the ball because they wanted to win. Go over there and guard that guy. Cut right there. You got to box out. I learned how to play the game that way, right? So I get my kids, and I let them learn how to play by going out there and stand out of their way. As coaches, I started to feel like early on, I was in their way too much, and I was stunting their growth. If I'm going to say, you learn how to play by playing, why am I stopping them from playing every five seconds? Mm. Do this right. You're doing this wrong. Cut over here. Run this play, right? I wanted to create leaders. So if you watch us play, you'll notice my guys, a lot of times, will start coaching themselves. They start problem solving as you would in the pickup game. If we're in a pickup game right now, us three, we would know who the best shooter was, who's the best ball handler, who we don't want shooting, who we want catching the ball. Kids can do the same thing if we just leave them alone. Mm -hmm. So as third and fourth graders, that's why I don't want no coaches. Let them learn. And a lot of times through failure and mistakes, you learn at a higher level. I don't need to be in the middle of that all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you watch us and you see Coach Cal over there, is because I have prepared them in practice. The game is the test. I can't shoot it. I can't rebound it. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Hold each other accountable. I can guide you, but I can't walk up and down the sideline stressing myself out after we already worked that. I got high blood pressure. Like, what am I doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you know I what it. I mean? Yeah. done with this overcoaching. You're done with it. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm too old for that, man.
3: (laughs) It didn't work. It didn't work when I was doing
0: it. Hey, one last thing, too. We talked old school. We talked mid-range and all this. LeBron is about to break Kareem's scoring record. I, for one, never thought anybody would do that. When when Karl Malone got within 15 1,800 points and didn't make it, I was like, well, that's – that's the most serious challenge that Kareem's ever going to get. Your thoughts on seeing this record almost be surpassed? I mean, it's been a record for forty years, and it's about to be broken. So, your thoughts on it?
3: Man, uh, LeBron is just different. The fact that he can play that many years is crazy to me. Uh, I would I would have never thought somebody would break Kareem's record. Uh, but then we go into where the rules are. Uh, And I say it's two – when I say it's two different games, man, it's amazing. It is two different games from when Kareem played to the early 2000s to now. Uh, I wouldn't want to – you know, I am not want to demean what he's done because, you know, if it was that easy, everybody would have done it. Uh, But the three-point shot has helped a lot. The no defense in terms of you can't touch each other has helped a lot. And the skill level, these guys are just crazy. Like, it's just crazy. Like, the skill level, how these guys can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be crazy when it happens. But you know the craziest stat? That he's fifth all-time in assists.
0: Yeah. Yes. yes. You know,
3: like, that's crazy to me. You know, like, number one all-time in scoring, fifth all-time in assists. And I hope my Uncle Richard ain't paying attention. But I think he also number one in turnovers
0: all-time. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah got that little hey, I, had throw, I had to throw that out there man. <laughs> got that got that brett Favre, most touchdowns yeah, hey,
3: i'm a michael jordan guy man i'm a michael jordan guy so that was tough that little that last spell i just did about leBron was tough man i'm a jordan guy but i gotta get him man his respect man i gotta give him his respect
0: absolutely well i'm gonna i'm gonna catch you uh catch y'all tuesday night i'm gonna come up for the game looking forward to it and can't thank you enough uh for, for hopping on here i I think back a lot. If you know, me and Dad would always talk, and he would. I'd call him, and he'd be telling me about what your team is doing. I went and saw Harlem play such and such. He'd be talking about what the Black Bears are doing. So I miss our conversations about your squad and what y'all be doing, because he'd already be updated on what y'all been doing all season long. But uh, looking forward to get up, up there to watch y'all. Tuesday night, even though it's a real game for y'all. I'm gonna be back home watching the rivalry. I'm gonna be up looking forward to it,
3: man. I just told my team not too long ago a little bit about your dad, man. Like, your dad was coming to games and I didn't even know it. You know, it was it was crazy. Like I look up and I was in Frankfurt. Your dad was, I was like, what is he doing down here? You know? And I'd go to a game somewhere in another county. I'm like, How is he here? Like, but he would follow us and watch us play. And then I, I said, I'd get you in for free. No, I'm good. Look, he was so good to me, man. Uh, and my girls and my guys that, uh, like, I miss him now. And people wouldn't understand because in this area, man, it's hard to get that kind of support, you know. Uh, but he supported my girls' team. He supported my boys' team. And one of the last times I seen him, he came to me, he came by my house. He said, hey, coach, he said, I want to give you something, man. And he gave me $25 to go feed me and my girlfriend. Just showed up in front of the house one day. And it was just crazy to me. Uh, he just he was a great guy, man. And, I, and I, like I said, I miss him, man. I miss him a lot. Yeah. But, th- you know, I'm going to let you guys go, man. Uh, re- like, Thanks for having me on, man. And uh, anytime you want me back on. I love to come back on, but just, listen, them other guys that was from come just don't have them back on no more, man. You're making me look bad, man.
1: Oh, come on now. Hey, come we can now. you you can come on here and talk <laughs> yeah. basketball
0: anytime. You watch watch as well, soon as we post it out. Well, I'm gonna tweet it out and put it on Facebook and all the social stuff. You you watch how much everybody's gonna enjoy this. Don't don't be selling yourself short, coach. Come on now.
3: <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. Hey,
1: thank you so much, coach. Thank you, coach. We appreciate it. Now,
3: nice meeting you, Terry.
1: Nice meeting you too, sir.
3: All right. See you guys.
0: Be good. Derek Cow, coach of the Harlan Green Dragons. They play the Black Bears tomorrow and Tuesday. It has been a while. We we had talked, I was probably last year. And then uh, he had some some family members he lost, and dad passed away. He lost his sister recently. So. Uh, hey, so I appreciate him doing it. And like I said, I was, I texted him today because it had been a long time and I figured, you know, set it up next week or the week after, depending on what's going on with his season and the team. It, his coach is busy. I was like, no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, he was like, well, what time will tonight work? I was like, you talking he said, what time? I said, you talking about tonight? Or another Wednesday, because I told you know we are on from six to eight, and you if you got other guests on, well you know work around that or whatever. He said no, tonight seven thirty. I'm like okay, so here we go. Appreciate here we it, go. Coach. But yeah, Parker. we could we could
1: talk basketball all day long. You know how much uh, I love uh, not just Kentucky basketball, but all of it. It's oh. all. And yeah, you know yeah. what basketball is meant to me and my family, so mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I love I love some basketball, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing too, not to go, but was coach that kids don't go to the park like they used to, yeah, and I saw someone talk about this, and I can't remember who it was, when you are playing pickup basketball at the park, you play to win, because if you go to Shawnee Park and Louisville, other places, and I know there's places where you're from. Hey, if you lose, it may be 45 minutes before you get back out on this court. Mm -hmm. So you learn how to play to win Mm -hmm. versus if you're in a league or in your AAU. And I'm not trying to downplay those things. But if you know you're going to get five games, it's different from, hey, we got to, if it's, you know, 12 by ones or however Mm -hmm. you play, Mm -hmm. we got to win. The urgency. Right. (laughs) Right, because when I was in high school, not to toot my own horn, I didn't play basketball in high school, I wrestled. But during the summers and during things, I would play with the, the other team, I would play with the dudes that played. And we would go to places, we would meet up at a park, and we would play until we lost because we would win eight, nine, ten games in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, let me stay up, boy. Right. And so my junior coach was like, "Hey, you hey man, no, you didn't want me back at but I think you learn differently when it's playing for a survival versus playing for stats." And like he
0: said with all that stopping practice and all this and we we hear that and I stopped practice, I did this. That that pickup game, you you figured all that stuff out. You take you and three other people that never played together, but if that's the team. You figure it out. You figure out who can do this, who's a shooter, who's the defender. And on the other team, you figured out quick. Oh, this dude can't dribble with his right hand. I'm going to force him left. Oh, right. this dude, every time he gets it, he takes a dribble and a pump fake. So I'm not going to bite on this pump fake, and I'm going to force him. To, you figure all that out as the game
1: is going. You figure it out on the fly. Mm-hmm. Because it was my job when I was running with these dudes. Bring the ball up the court that was all bring the ball up the court and set picks and I checked and I was like you know what that's my job I can do that mm-hmm. right you know and I wasn't trying to do too much cuz again you don't want to lose
0: yeah right so I
1: think that's the aspect that's 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 missing as we move toward the AAU and the um more regimented styles is a You got to have a little bit of that. Hey, whatever it takes to win. Mm -hmm. If I got a dude, you know, if I know me and you on the team, Vinny, and you're cooking your dude, Mm -hmm. oh, Vinny, you all day, baby. Yeah. Right? Because we want to stay out here. Mm -hmm. I may take this one shot, but other than that, hey. Yeah. Vinny got somebody, can't check him.
0: It's like that. You you remember the Bo Monty Jones episode? He talked about the run and shoot in Atlanta. The big, Facility, walking track, courts built in the nineties. There was an episode he talked about the running shoe. It's closed now, but I tweeted and we talked about it. My dad, we, we we got family down there. My dad got three sisters, three moms live down there. I was like fourteen. Dad dropped me off at the running shoe and rolled out, right. So I'm with these five dudes from the ATL. I didn't know them. We had this little six foot point guard. I swear, he looked just like Alonzo Mourning in the face. The goatee, high-top fade, and all. I don't know where he played at. I'm, I don't know what level. Game was to 15. He would shoot five threes, and we would win next. Bop, 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 next. So I would get a rebound, give him the rock. I played defense. We all just gave him the rock. He hit his five threes. We stayed up for I don't know how long. And I'm about to yeah. run and shoot from a little town in Kentucky. Never been there before, hooping in Atlanta all day, and we didn't lose because I wasn't trying to shoot like you said, homeboy. This dude is on another level. So we all what, are what you shooting for? Yeah, you know, I know what you're was trying to do What you shooting for? Right. I was feeding little miniature Alonzo Morning all night long, and we was
1: rolling because he was scoring the 15 points. Wah, 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 wah. And and the thing is, you got to do like that. You're gonna set the pick extra hard. Like yeah. you like come this way. I got you. I'm gonna get you the space you need. Like, anyway, we could talk about that forever and ever. Um, I think we covered did we cover everything? We did, man. We covered it all very thoroughly. Very thoroughly. You, you dropped next week, but um my we have- lost the cats. I you know, as Tristan said, I think the cats are gonna be a second weekend team. I feel it in my bones.
0: Mhm- yeah Absolutely, that sounds about right. And uh, they keep doing what they're doing; they can do that. Yeah. Next week, uh, got tentatively got got Mark Story set tentatively to hop on. Uh, just did the Sports Figure of the Year ballots and all that, and, and with the her Leader forever, always drops knowledge. And I don't know if there's somebody else. Or not, but I'll I'll see. We'll get it all tweeted out. But we had a great one today. Um thanks again to Tristan Ferris and Coach Derek Akau. They came on here and killed it. TBU always, always killed it. You always killing it. You dropped uh plethora and cornucopia just just for the fun of it to enlighten everybody's vocabulary.
1: Well, when your mother's an English teacher, you should be able to use those words in a sentence because people be like, Oh, you use that? Hey. <laughs> I don't be using English, dude. So yes, <laughs> good stuff, man. Appreciate you, y'all. Stay warm.
0: Hope springtime gets up there quick. <laughs> yeah, February March
1: and March, yeah, it's getting to be real cold. But we good, we good, man. We good, we we, we doing good. But uh, yeah, Go Cats. Like I said, they're gonna do the Pro Bowl, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This weekend, the flag and the skills. And as much as we hate it, it always does numbers. Yeah. I-
0: I mean, this, I like that skill stuff. The fastest man and the, the quarterback competition. I used to like all that. The game yeah. should have been put out the past year, and it finally has. But, uh, you know, Peyton and Eli coaching and, and whatever else they do, uh, I'll look at some of that Sunday and look at some of the highlights of whatever they do tomorrow. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, you can't have guys whose season's over because they didn't make the playoffs or aren't in the Super Bowl showing up and expect them to, to ball out like they did all through the season. That's And now they don't have to do it anymore. And I'm I'm here for that, you know, because if I went seven and nine and I've been three weeks into my vacation, you want me to show I mean, I know it's Hawaii, but you want me to suit up and play hard? Uh-uh. No, right. man,
1: I've, I've, I've been in the ding-dongs and the ho-hoes. <laughs> That's just me. But always fun, man. Thank you to our guests. We're going to do it again next week. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody
0: that took the time to watch. Hope y'all enjoy it. I'm going to hit the little outro button for TB. This is Vinny. Another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. Catch y'all next Wednesday.